Welcome everybody to episode 82 of Dork Tunes. And this week I have a really special guest. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves actually. There you go. Floor is open to you. All right. Well, nice meeting you. Uh, my name is Daniel Lindholm, if I pronounce it that way. Um, I'm from <laughs> Sweden. Uh, I was trained by the Swedish Disney studio uh, oh. in a studio and computer and well, music computers, basically. Today mm -hmm. we would call it production studio. Yeah. And oh, I moved yep. to Japan in 2005 and I've been here for the last, uh, what is it now? 17, 18 years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you've been in Japan just a little bit less than I've been in Leeds. So I'm in West Yorkshire, which is kind of about an hour away from Manchester. That's the easiest way to describe it, because everybody knows where Manchester is. Mm. Yeah, I've been here about 20 yep. odd years now. So do you miss oh, home? Yeah. Uh, with the pandemic and all that stuff, yes. Uh, I've been able to get home for about three years now. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Thankfully, we do have FaceTime and all that stuff, but it doesn't really beat coming home and have some Swedish pizza, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so I totally get you. I miss that a lot. Yeah, I totally get you. <laughs> yeah. I um, I was due, when the pandemic hit, I was due to go home quite a few times that year and because it had been three years. So then it became five years before I went home. Um, and then I'm actually going home in two weeks. Um, since the first time into the September 2021 and um, I'm so looking forward to it because where I live um, I live on the beach and it's beautiful there is nobody around it's gorgeous weather it, it, yeah I can't beat it so I'm looking forward to that well, so Daniel beach, west coast yeah <laughs> it's, it's just it's, it's actually I, I don't know it, it, we live about 10 minute drive from Dublin airport. So it's really, really handy. So I'll literally get on the train, I'll get on the train plane at half past seven in the morning. I'll be home by like in my dad's house by half past eight. It's great. That's, that's cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so Daniel, tell me a little bit more about you. Um, I know that you've done lots of different games, but where did you kind of start off from? Where did you kind of, you said, you mentioned kind of Disney or... Well, I mean, before I even got interested in uh, comp composing music or uh -huh. even tried to produce music, uh, I I wonder how I ended up here in this computer game sphere, which is like one of my stops to become a film composer, I would say. Yeah. Um, so if we go back to the year 1986, 1987, uh, we had just gotten our first computer, um, the Commodore 64. Love that. I heard these amazing songs man by yeah. rob hubbard and uh -huh. international karate and then the next year international karate plus it's like acid on a c64 that's oh like so amazing to hear what the city yeah. could do fantastic and i got really excited and of course i was all pure saw waves square waves whatever the uh, wave table were available for the sid and then i went on one of my first um, caravan uh, vacations and went to a place in the south part of Sweden called Engelholm. Mm -hmm. You can almost call it um, the Swedish Swedish Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's not that, you know, 
But <laughs> if I translate, it's like, oh, it's on the West Coast. It's on the West Coast. It's called the Bay of Angels. That's what. Oh, nice. Right? Yeah. Weirdly, my brother um, actually lives in LA. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I hope someday to go there. Yeah. yeah. It seems like every, like Austin lives there and Grant lives there. And, you know, um, it's it's because he works in film and TV. So that's, you know, he's done quite a bit. Oh, my, my kind of jam. Huh? <laughs> I hope someday. Yes. Definitely. So anyways, we went to this open air arcade uh -huh. and there were like these, like, First two cabinets that came in there was the Outrun cabinet. Mm. And then we had the Double Dragon cabinet next <laughs> to each other. I was like, man, the music doesn't um, get much better. This it's, doesn't get much better. Great songs. And then I was like, I know what this is, but I don't have no idea. How did you get the sound into this mm -hmm. game board, you know? And uh, I was like, I really would like to do something like this in the future. Mm -hmm. And then the next year, um, my father got himself a new music computer, which was the Atari ST. And I, have one. I got my hands on a couple of trackers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you have the ST, STE, or the STFM? I have the STE, I think. And all those really funny shapes. Oh, that's the best one. F buttons at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that for Christmas when yeah. I was, I think I was like 11, 10, 11, something like that. Wow, that brings me uh, back. Yeah. It was only yeah. 10 years ago. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's still a, a good workhorse for a lot of bands today. Like, I mean, Depeche really? Mode was using this thing. Yeah. Wow. And they used it up all the way to Ultra, I believe. Oh, uh, I love was, Ultra. They were tracking, yeah, the track, the mm -hmm. strings and everything with the Akai sampler. And of course, he has recorded in the MIDI, right? So it's a great, great workhorse for that. Wow. Um, but yes, so my father used it for MIDI. But for me, I went into trackers because I was mm -hmm. like a sound-oriented guy. Mm -hmm. And of course, around the same time, uh, the Swedish music school was kind of um, like people with skills could get in into this yeah. thing. So during our third year, learning how to play the recorder, the little flute, uh, they had an assessment and then they said, OK, um, like in a class of 30 students, maybe five managed to qualify to get into the music school. Mm -hmm. um, and there I started to play the saxophone. And then my feelings to like just enjoy creating music came. There, mm -hmm. my understanding of music was very limited. Like, mm -hmm. what's what's music theory? Why do they write music like this? Why mm -hmm. I didn't get that part just yet. <laughs> it was more writing using using your feelings, you know. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I, it it always blows my mind how, um, and I say this pretty much every episode, how people like yourself can sit down and write a piece of work and you know do that for a game and then the next day do something completely different for something else it just blows my mind it's like how do they have these thoughts <laughs> <laughs> to do all the stuff that you yeah, do I mean, the incredible it's yeah, really... i mean i never seen so many flip-flop genres in like such a short time <laughs> as i did with street fighter uh, it was the craziest thing ever right um 
but yeah, so um, so I went to the music school for since grade four up to ninth grade, and then we went like uh-huh. again. You have to now try to find a college, and my two elder brothers went in through a music college, uh-huh. and my father said, "Well, you're gonna try to go there as well, right?" So I was uh-huh. pushed <laughs> as a music family. Um, and they say if you go through the music college, it actually opens up a lot of more opportunities to choose universities in the future. So, yeah. So um, that was one of the reasons too, right? And so, so you, you, I managed to do the. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned yes, Street Fighter Five. How did that kind of come about? And how did you find scoring that or working uh, on it? Uh, this is like a, a crazy story. So yeah, <laughs> we just concentrate on Street Fighter Five. Um, it started off like in uh, let's see, at the end of 2016, I think Street Fighter Five mm-hmm. had been out for about a year, right? Mm-hmm. The vanilla version, and um, I had no idea this was gonna come my way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a like a <clears throat> a phone call from one of my agencies, and they told me, "Hey, um, you know Bandai Namco?" Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well. They have uh, this new introduction sequence for the next update of Tekken 7. And are you able to to work on that? Mm -hmm. And now this is like at the end of the year. I already booked my ticket to go to Bali at the end of every year just to (laughs) relax, right? (laughs) And I said, when do they need it? (laughs) When do they need it? (laughs) Tomorrow. And yes, at at the end of the year, it's like my schedule is not really working for me. If they can like move it about seven days one week after i come back i will be able to do it right now a vacation time right Mm. uh so i thought i bombed it right and of course yes bandai namco is on a deadline so i couldn't do that job unfortunately right but hey vacation is always a vacation absolutely Um, because tekken is is the game i'm really burning for because the, the way they've managed to motion capture the human condition uh-huh. Uh, the way the physics works in that game is so fascinating for me. Um, uh-huh. But okay, so that one was out, out of the table, out out of the house. Uh-huh. And then I get a phone call when I get back from um, from my vacation from another agency. And there's just this guy from Malaysia. He's a, he's like an intern or something like uh-huh. that. He's just there for about six months and then he's returning back to Malaysia again. And he's been interested in uh, virtual orchestrations that I did for Resident Evil 6. Mm-hmm. And I gave him like a crash course for about two or three hours. And I told him, this is how I mix it. This is, I never put compressors on acoustic instruments because we want the real dynamics of the instruments. You want the real, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the human feel, as I, mm-hmm. as I call it. And after that, I said, thank you so much. Um, well, happy new year. And I went out. I went home like, okay, well, I just helped the guy. Uh, no money, nothing, like no compensation. Just yeah. good, good two people just meet me up, right? <clears throat> and then two weeks later, I get a phone call and it's the same, same dude. Uh-huh. Like, hey, um, I got something for you. Uh, do you know about Street Fighter? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> I've been a fan <laughs> of Street Fighter 2. I'm a Fei Long player for, for the longest <laughs> I can remember, right? Yeah, here's the thing. It's like uh, Capcom is reaching out and we're asking, do you have any hip-hop music lying around? It's like, 
not right now, but give me three hours and I'll have something for you. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. All right. We hang up and I get straight to work and he sent me a, a small document to reference that they want. And yeah. basically uh, it was Eminem, right? Uh, 12 mile. Okay. Lose yourself. So I did a replication of the entire style. Um, and of course I sent it in. Capcom loved it, but of course they would say this is too close to it. Like okay. <laughs> so so now, but we know you're the right guy for this character. So is there a way you can make it um different? And I said, Yeah, sure. So they sent me more documents like um, graphic designs into a PDF file or whatever. And the thing is that I only had the picture of him in a sweatsuit and the hoodie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, definitely the Eminem is sticking out all the way through when hip hop music itself is a very simple genre. How can we make it interesting? Mm. All right. So I read up that he is like one of these uses of the um, psycho power. So of course, related to M. Bison in genetic engineered way. Mm-hmm. But he's also a rebel. He's trying to break free from his spell. But I wanted to have something that resembles a psycho power. And I did that instead of using the rock piece that's playing a rhythm. I decided that's going to be a synth bass. And it's not going to play a rhythm. It's just going to glide between two notes in an octave back and forth. Like very, uh-huh. very hypnotic kind of sense to the sound. Um, and that was the first idea. And the more I look into the character, and sometimes I got just super lucky. Okay, so what about samples? I cannot really use samples because uh-huh. there's a huge risk of copyright and stuff like that. So I had to create my own samples. So I created my own piano, sampled myself playing the piano, and then chopped it up or whatever I needed to do uh-huh. to make it sound like an old gramophone going on. But that's been done to death, you know? So I thought, okay, I'm just going to add one more layer, but what could it be? Yeah, orchestras has been in hip hop sampled all the way, like, that's a section that's been sampled and looped over again. But uh-huh. this is the part where I want to change it. I want to make an orchestra that follows the music dynamically all the way around the uh-huh. entire loop. So it's not static. Uh-huh. And I think that what really sold it later, because when I was done with the arrangement, I just had this crazy idea. You know, this is hip hop, um, but there's something missing. And I know it's a voice. But don't tell me that a Swedish boy should be rapping on this stuff. And because I think the voice is like 20% that's missing of the song. And exactly uh-huh. that, they said, yeah, we want rap on it. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> but they managed to find a guy who was working for the agency at the time. I never met the dude, but his name is Caleb Combs. And he just put two versions out there and I got to choose which one. But the funniest thing was that when I took his voices and lined them up with my tracks, I didn't read any of the lyrics, Uh but I said, if I had the word fist in there, I would be super happy. And I press play and the word fist comes in. I was like, yes, this is is (laughs) awesome. This is great. Um, But he made two versions of it. So the A versus is a little more aggressive and the B uh-huh. version is a bit more laid back. And I said, A version, this is it. This uh-huh. is the thing that works for the character. Capcom agreed. And then I thought I was done. 
And then they said, you know, we also have this mini story. So can you score it like a TV show or, or something along the lines? So so I did those little small vignettes, vignettes between gameplay that breaks down the story. So and that was really fun. But man, do I wish it was live action or motion capture cinematics. Uh, yes. So that's how it started. And I thought wow. oh, that's it. I done one character for Street Fighter Five. I'm done. I can <laughs> sign that one into my CV and I can go <laughs> home, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And funny you should mention it because you just did was you also worked on Resident Evil, like Street Fighter and Resident Evil, two of the biggest games in the world. And it must have been a real pleasure to work on something like that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that these two Capcom offices are so separate from each other. So mm -hmm. for me working on Team Resident Evil, like uh, seven years before Street Fighter V, how is it that long like, ago? Um, a drop in the sea, you know. It's it's mm -hmm. a, actually it came out in 2012, so say five years later between. Yeah, yeah. Like, Gosh, um, and what was it but, different yeah. working on that? Oh yes, because uh, Resident Evil Six is part of the official series. That's that's yeah. why it's so big, right? Mm. Um, and they also wanted to be very cinematic be the gameplay wise and the music wise they want mm. to be just like uncharted that was their idea that was their goal um and of course when we had the meeting with capcom they said like okay here are the three main campaigns uh for leon's campaign we want a lot of wood woodwinds acoustic mm -hmm. like very gothic sounding stuff uh, for chris we want the hollywood techno thriller orchestra like pumping it up right and then we have another guy who's more like Hong Kong action cinema, more more percussive. And then mm -hmm. Ada Wong, a high-tech spy thriller. Like, oh, Chris Hello. and Ada were my the ones that I felt were very suited for me. And yeah, and we had a business dinner afterwards. And uh, the thing was, I was not supposed to have this gig. <laughs> I wasn't really chosen for this gig. What happened? But that's the craziest thing. Uh-huh. All right. So I think the story goes like this. Um, there were like not only me, but there were like four spots open for foreign composers. Uh -huh. And most of the people they wanted was from LA. Uh -huh. and, of course. Um, <laughs> I think like I think like maybe between 40 to 60 people from LA who tried out for the game. Wow. And uh and to be one of the people to to get in. Yeah, it was a really weird feeling because I don't have the top of the line computer at the time. I was working <laughs> from a laptop with eight gigabytes of memory. <laughs> I did the entire score by bouncing and bouncing and bouncing audio tracks until I got it right. Yeah, uh, but for me, uh, the lead composer Narita-san, he's the one who's been fighting for me. What? It was the uh, audio sound integration team manager who didn't see what I could do, right? Uh -huh. So Narita asked, do you have a demo from the Casino Royale trailer that, or the Casino Royale chase that you rescored? Uh -huh. Yeah, I got it here on my PSP. Show it to him. I, I don't wow. think he understands how important you are, right? <laughs> so I showed him that, and then he said, okay, no problem. <laughs> I was like, really? This late into the game? About now I have the job. Yeah. But it was it was crazy, right?
I mean, it, it, it's massive to be in like a, a game like Resident Evil and with Street Fighter as well. It's, it's huge. I, that that must be a, a, a nice feeling. Yeah, to be part of the original, like, mm -hmm. yeah, the numbered series, that's that's always huge. And you would think that the career would take off, but uh, it just yeah. didn't really do it, you know? Um, because the way I've been working, I've been working with agencies mm -hmm. and since I'm a foreigner, you know, it's very mm -hmm. rare that you yourself will be able to just jump in and take any game that you want to do. or So you would always have someone else represent you. Uh, yeah. And that's the hard bit. And of course, when I went to Japan, I didn't have a lick of Japanese whatsoever. There were no books yeah. from Swedish to Japanese at the time. <laughs> I was only Japanophile in my hometown of Shovda, which I know you interviewed a few more people who studied there to go to the <laughs> computer game university. Oh, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. And that's the craziest thing. I was, before I left, uh, like in 2003, 2004, I mm. proposed to a couple of my friends we should make a computer game company in my hometown. Mm. And they just didn't buy the idea whatsoever, right? So where wow. else do I go? Well, in Japan next them, I suppose. So, and how do you, but it how do you find that now? Years. Yeah. How do you find being um, how Swedish I... and living in, in Japan and kind of work-wise? How does that kind of measure out? Yeah, I mean, that was the uh, interesting thing because... Mm. Two years prior to being in Japan, I was living in Taiwan, in Taipei City. And uh, I was teaching English and I was working as a chef. And Really? Um, it's like, you know, yeah. Wow. I was cooking for the kids, you know, making brownies for them if they're being good, you know. And So at least I know English. now that you can cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's something we have to do. Oh. It says recording time left nine minutes. Yeah, it's all sorts. Okay. Um don't worry. It's yep. that's 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 really quite different. You know, being a chef and then a couple of years later, you know, scoring for two of the biggest, you know, if, or years later scoring for two of the biggest games on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, this was also the craziest thing, right? So coming back home to Sweden, you think, oh, I've been in Taiwan for about six months. I have a little bit of work experience. I'll sign myself into the work bank and just trying to find, yeah, unemployment agency, right? And try to find employment. But the Swedish bastards just said, you know, oh, sorry, I know this is a PG podcast. Sorry about Absolutely that. Absolutely fine. Uh, um, I was like, you don't count my six months of working in Taiwan as experience. And now uh, I was just fed up by the Swedish social order that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay, I'm I'm gonna give it a chance. Two years in Sweden, I should find at least a job within two years. Mm -hmm. I think I got like four or five interviews, and one interview I actually went face to face. And it's like, yeah, we'll call you. <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> so then I I. I just told my parents, you know, look at my generation, look at my cousin. She left Sweden when she was 19. Mm. She's been working in the Netherlands as a stewardess for KLM. Today, she's almost CEO of a German company. I think wow. I do not fit into the Swedish climate. So, <laughs> and I found jobs very easily outside Sweden. Yes. Yeah. My English skill, you know, it's, it's just there for me mm -hmm. to be able to do what's required. And, Coming to Japan, the first thing I did was sign up to English schools. Yeah. I would work for these guys. And 
try to get something to pay the rent. Yeah. And Yeah, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I get you. I had a friend who did the same thing, who went and lived in Japan and taught English, basically, because that was the one thing that she could definitely do, you know. And um, what about kind of now? How is kind of, you were mentioning about you work with agencies and kind of trying to find work. And do you think because of the stuff that you've done previously, like Yakuza, Street Fighter, Resident Evil, that people are coming to you now? Uh, that would be something, right? Uh, but of course, the agencies have their little tight grip on their portfolio. Like this guy did this yeah. for us, and this and that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but since I am no longer a an exclusive artist with either agency, I okay. can now start to promote myself. I feel that my Japanese level has been going up, and I think when you do try to study about a language and the things that you're passionate about. Mm. That Japanese kind of works for that that side, but once it's social conversation, I have no understanding about Japanese jokes or whatsoever. But business English, I say it's easy English. Same thing with business Japanese. It's all about relying the most uh -huh. easiest idea across to the other partner. And uh, and now I've been having a chance to do that, um, uh, not only with companies in Japan but also overseas. Mm. And uh, I went to Tokyo Game Show last year. Wow, the long time I haven't been to Tokyo Game Show, but I went to the indie scene. Yeah, and that's where I want to be. Mm. Yeah, I think I get you. Indie scene is the most interesting thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, every year that I went to EGX, the most exciting part of it was definitely the indie part of the whole place. Um, always really, really exciting. Um, yeah, so, and lots and lots of. So many different things going on. It's really, it's a lovely kind of um, scene to be in, really, you know. Um, yeah, definitely. So I'm going to ask you a question. And this is probably one of our last, and going to be a quick one. Um, last 10 or 15 years, is there a soundtrack that you go, wow, that you didn't do? Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> that I didn't do. Yes, uh, this. This is a tough one because mm -hmm. I think we're kind of spoiled of having a PlayStation, right? Yeah. Actually, I've been having a PlayStation 3 for the last few years. I skipped PlayStation 4. I'm trying to get a PlayStation 5. But for me, it's definitely Edmondson's soundtrack to um, Uncharted 2. Mm. Yeah. Um, that just blows my mind how they managed to crank out that music from this At the time, there was cutting edge. But today, we look at it it's like a very primitive console when it comes to the use of memory yeah, and yeah. how they stream the music in so many different layers. I mm -hmm. think that was an experience. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Of course, J Jason Graves' uh, yeah. work on on the Dead, uh, Space. Dead Space, that one mm -hmm. that one really hits me hard too. I, mm -hmm. It's scary. It's like me watching Alien for the first time and Jerry Goldsmith is just there Look, giving you... Honestly, I really want to play the new one like the remake but i don't think i could do it to myself um last time i played it <laughs> my partner come stairs and go are you playing that game again because if you just stand because all <laughs> he would hear is me screaming in the room occasionally because it was so terrifying i can't I, scary games or scary games i'm okay with scary films mm. no absolutely not i even thought scream 5 was a bit much for me for example And that's not supposed to yeah, be scary. This, 
Yeah. The thing is that I was never meant to be the horror guy in, in like I started off with uh, Yakuza Dead Souls. Right after I finished uh, Super Monkey Ball 3D was a cutie cutie game. I'm straight into murder, murder, murder. Uh, and then we went to in meanwhile developing Resident Evil 6. I also did um, Lollipop Chainsaw. And I just felt like I've been typecasted into these zombie slaying <laughs> games, you know. And and it's not really my style either. Yeah. So um, I really one like action. Tiny little last question, very brief, because we haven't got much time left. Um, can you talk about anything that's coming up? Right. Uh, on the indie game scene, uh, I've been working on a project called Fallen City Brawl. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a throwback to 1980s, 1990s Sega SNK zoom fighting beat em up game kind of mashed up and, mm -hmm. and i've been saying that soundtrack from top to bottom which is one of my dreams come true uh awesome and awesome. it's created by a uk lad called mike wells so and we're thinking about we should release this game this year so i still have a Happy. few more things to sort out musically with the game i look but, forward to hearing uh, it yeah we have the trailer up yeah actually these last few days, I've been streaming a couple of com composition sessions for the game. So, yeah, we can uh -huh. check it out on my YouTube channel as well. Definitely, definitely. Just wanted to really say uh, uh, the, uh, the last thing is thank you very much for the for being a guest on the show. It's been really interesting. I could probably sit here for about three hours and chat with you, actually. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> definitely. But, yes, thank you very much. So that's it. For, that's off. That's it was a pleasure being here. Thank you. So that's us for this week, folks, and we will be back with you soon.